Hello everyone, welcome to My Black is Transnational. My name is Dr. Kalei G. Bay Lamberts, and I'd like to thank you so much for listening to this episode. If this is your first time listening to My Black is Transnational, you can find this podcast on any of your favorite podcast listening apps. Wherever you like to find your podcast, you can find this podcast there. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, um, and share some feedback about how you feel based on the content that you've heard. Also, you can check out www.blacktransnational.com. That's the one-stop space for you to be able to get all that you need and all that you need to know about the guest, the show, the history, and you can even listen to episodes live on there. Finally, so you can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Black Transnational Podcast. So on today's episode, I'll be joined by Mr. Eddie Opong, who is a storyteller, a creative, a fashion designer representing Ghana and Chicago. And he joins me to talk about his transnational identity and how he uses his art and fashion to tell his story. And in this case, today's episode is about Yewo Krum, which is a Ghanaian statement that means everywhere we date there, everywhere we are there, we represent everywhere. And I really get into a deep dive with Eddie about how this statement is representative of his transnational identity. And at the end of our conversation, we really tap into his journey and and the, the lessons that are learned. And a lot of things that I think, one of the things that I think you'll take out of this is the idea of not taking things for granted and really seizing the moment and seizing your opportunities when it's presented to you and, and living life. And I think Eddie has a great message that I think he shares, not just through his fashion, but through the story and you know, in this episode. So I hope that you enjoy it. So without any further ado, let's get to the show. Welcome to season four of My Dad's Podcast, My Black is Transnational. You can find this podcast on anywhere you like to listen to your favorite podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome. Today's guest, man, is a special guest to kick off season four. Um, I'm more than honored to be able to have him. Man, I didn't see my man. I've seen him come up uh, from a distance, uh, and it was a pleasant surprise. I hadn't seen him in years uh, to just see, you know, that he just blew up and he's he's become, you know, one of the one of the best creatives in in our hometown. We came up together in, in Chicago and Uptown, where we what I personally like to call Plymouth Rock for a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of us African immigrants and our parents, man. Uh, Plymouth Uptown there, over there, Sheridan, Wilson, Lawrence, Winthrop, all the way down to Howard. Anybody in Chicago Uptown know what I'm talking about, man. But I got my brother here, Eddie Opung, um, the founder of this dope brand that we'll talk about, Ewo Crumb, uh, representing Ghana, representing the U.S. Um, and, and bro, it's, it's a lot of love that you took the time to come up here and uh and be on my show, man. Um, just just off of a call or a text, man. I, and I just want to show my gratitude towards that. But but how you doing, man? Man, it's it's nothing but love, man. I'm humbled and appreciative for the opportunity. 
Um, I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. In motion, tunnel vision. How about yourself? Man, I can't complain, man. You know, I'm just out here uh, trying to trying to chase these kids down and uh, keep up with them, but also, you know, hustling, doing the work, and and trying to make a difference in our community as the best as I can with the tools I got, bro. And I know you're doing the same. I'm I'm here for it, bro. Yeah, hundred grand. Yeah, facts, hundred percent. So so here here's where I want to start, man. Uh, first and foremost, for anyone who is listening and, and, and it's not been exposed to you, which will be rare, but you know, I, I want to just have an opportunity for you to, to introduce yourself, let them know what you, what you, what you, you know, what you represent, you know, who you are, what you're doing. And, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Um, well, peace, peace world. Um, peace all. Um, Eddie Opong, I am a creative director of many sorts, essentially. Um, I just do a ton of creative things, respectfully, humbly. Um, and I am currently um, the forefront of Yewo Chrome, which is a Ghanaian culture-driven streetwear brand based in the U.S. Um, and I also worked with also work with Dua Vodka, Yum Yum Applesauce, um, and many others in the lane of being a creative director and marketing strategist. Okay, bro. So, so I have to kick it off, and this is probably a little bit different than how I would kick it off in my interviews. But, but you already just said that you represent. You know, this is a Ghanaian brand. One, you know, I just want to know how was it for you growing up to tell your your peoples that like you want to be a creative. Like, how did that go down for you, bro? Because we have to get right into that. I mean, so for me personally, um, my mother raised me and my older brother. Okay. Um, shout out to my moms, you know what I'm saying, Teresa and gang, yeah. gang, gang, gang. But um, so for me, it was just more so just like exhibiting what I was interested in mm-hmm. and showcasing it. Um, so I've always been into fashion. I've always been into um, creativity, art, and such, you know, things of that sort. So um, I believe like in high school was when I really was like, man, yo, I want to do fashion. Mm. And my mom was just like, okay, I hear you. I'm like, nah, bro, I really want to do it. So when I was like about 18, I started I started a clothing line with my older cousin, Des, Desmond Wusu, Des Money, who is actually the um, the founder of We All We Got, as well as Chicago Girls Do It Better. Facts, and facts. one of the Fat Tiger Workshop. Yes. Um, my other really close friend, Andre Wagner, who is a photographer based in New York, he actually shot all the photography for Queen and Slim. Um, and then my little cousin, Nana. So we created a brand called Nerdy. And with Nerdy, we essentially was just like, we're nerds of fashion. Because mm. a nerd is somebody that embeds himself into something that he loves, mm-hmm. studies it, and showcases it through his every piece of life. Um, and that's what we were doing with streetwear and fashion. And that's where I began with that. Um, and yeah, it just it just went uphill from there. Um, we unfortunately disbanded. A couple of years back, um, and everybody went their separate ways to do what they individually wanted to do. Um, and essentially, I returned to streetwear designing about a year and a half ago. Hmm. So, like, you didn't growing up where we, you know, uptown. Like I said before, lots of us, a lot of us, you, you know, you representing Ghana. Is that? You know, I just want to make sure for the audience, full Ghanaian, or are you, you know, are you? Is there a mix? Yes. No, no. So I was I was born and raised here. Right. Um, my, both of my parents are Ghanaian. I'm very much embedded in the Ghanaian culture. I speak the language fluently. 
Um, I know a lot about the culture. I've been involved in the community mm-hmm. um, since I was young. Um, so, yeah. So like, I am Ghana to the world, but I'm also Chicago to the world, if you get me. Oh, yeah. No, and we're going we're gonna to unpack that because that's a lot of what this podcast is about. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I want to just get I was getting into the whole idea because as you introduce yourself as a creative, you know, one of the things that's typical in our community is that we, we only we always have limited choices growing up in, in a fully into in a fully African household. Our, our choices of who we can be sometimes are limited. And um, especially during those times, you know, being a creative, a musician, a fashion designer or that wasn't something that at least from my perspective, which is why I was like, man, so how did your people take that when you said, hey, look, this is what I want to be? Um, was that something that you felt like you got full support? Because I mean, it sounds like you did it with your cousins and everything, but from the like for the elders, was that something that they were like, yeah, we support this thing or what? I mean, I would say my mother supported it, but I mean, my father didn't really raise me. He didn't really understand. He doesn't really understand. My fa- first off, my father's a nurse. He's a seasoned nurse. Mm-hmm. He's been a nurse for nearly thirty years or so, um, and so he just knows school job. You right. Know what I'm saying like right. go to school choose a career that's what he knows Mm -hmm. that's what he understands as success my mother was a little more lenient like oh you know let's just see that's what you want to do you sure cool you know what i'm saying yeah so it's more so just all right cool that's what i'm gonna do but let me show you this is what i can do and i would i would honestly say like my father and even my mother really didn't understand what i wanted to do until now until Mm. now currently where i am and what i'm doing and the projects that I've released and um, humbly, respectfully, thankful to God, have achieved. Um, now they see like, wow. So you said you wanted to do something, but now like, wow, you're like you're actually doing it. Like, wow, you designed this, you designed that. Right. You know what I mean? So when I get samples, I show my mom's like, yo, I'm gonna come over and show you these samples. Let me know what you think. You know what I'm saying? Um, and or I'll I'll make sure like we send merch to my dad. Like mm-hmm. he lives in California, so. He actually called me earlier today, like, "Oh, I just got a package from you. Wow, this I didn't know it was gonna look like this." You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think everybody just like they're supportive based off the fact that you want to do something, which I think that's the community, that's a family thing that that is just standard mm-hmm. and automatic. Um, but it's when they actually see you do it that they're just really like, "You know what? Yeah, what you're doing, keep doing it." Yeah. You know what I mean? They're going to support you because they don't want to let you down. They are your support system. Mm-hmm. But in the fact that you prove to them, like, yo, I'm actually doing this, then it's like, all right, you know what? I actually, for real, support you now. Yeah. And when they start to see that, oh, man, he's he's actually really he's really good at this. Like, he, he can he yeah. can actually make this happen, right? And yeah. Proof is in the pudding. Yeah, facts. And, and you, I mean, you show it and, like, you know, man, I've seen it and I'm, I'm impressed and, and best believe I'm invested. I'm I got I got a I got a couple orders in the shopping cart that I'm going to click send in a little bit so I can get a couple of that gear and put on that ass serious on that too. Uh but you know, I before I get into that brand, I want to kind of build it and, and talk a little bit more about how you even got there, right? To Yellow Crumb and and um that idea of you saying, you know, you, you grew up in a in a full-blown Ghanaian home but you're still Chicago to the world. What was it, what was your upbringing like? Like, what did you have to do as far as shaping the identity that you have now? You say you're invested in the community, but but you you've been kind of work, rocking with both worlds. So how how has that been for you? Um, it's been interesting. You know what I mean? Like, you grew up with a Ghanaian mother, Ghanaian aunties, uncles, cousins, family, et cetera, et cetera. But you go, you know, you go outside or the building that you live in, 
you know, you're hanging around people that are not Ghanaian, right. you know what I'm saying, that are not African descent directly, at mm-hmm. least, you know what I'm saying? But these are my friends, you know what I mean? Like, respectfully, we, we know we grew up in kind of the hood. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. But like, these, were, these were my brothers, though, and I was with them every day, you know what I mean? Like, we walked the same blocks, we went to the same corner store, mm-hmm. we went to the same boys and girls club, you oh, know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. We, we all were together, and it never was just like, oh, done they this and them that. It was like, yo, we're all the same people, essentially. Um, so it was love, though, I would definitely say, but I will also honestly be honest and say that creativity saved my life. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because we grew up in the hood, we're hanging around, you know what I'm saying? We're getting involved in things that are this or that. And it's like you only can avoid it so much. You know, if yeah. you have 20 friends, and 18 of your friends are leading and living a certain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Just like off the math equation of it, it's just like, oh, everybody do it, so why, why shouldn't I? Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? But it was just like, it's like as I got older, I kind of disbanded away from like the bad things that I was doing, the, you know what I'm saying? The, the incorrect things that I was doing. And it was just like, yo, I, I like fashion. I like this. I like that. I like dressing nice. I like looking at art. I like music, this and that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I feel like the more that I started hanging around creatives, or even the more I started hanging out with Ghanaians, it was just like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm like casually, gently moving into a more positive outlook on life mm-hmm. instead of like, yo, I'm about to just walk around for six hours with my friends on the block. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's, it's no shot to that, like, at the end of the day, that's a brotherhood, that's a, that's a family, nonetheless, forever mm-hmm. and ever. But it was just, it just opened my eyes to be like, yo, this, this, this is not all there is to life. It's more than these six, these six blocks yeah. of radius around the crib. Yeah, yeah. And and I, if 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 you if if I'm thinking what you're thinking, I know them blocks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know, I know, ex- I know those blocks exactly, and uh, and what used to go down, it probably, probably still goes down over there. And did you have any difficulty? Because it sounds like you, you know, you said you have brothers who didn't, you know, identify with the Ghanaian culture per se. But did you have to deal with any of that? You know, a lot of people have had on the show before always talk about when they grew up immigrant, they had to be called African booty scratcher. They never really wanted to to deal with, you know, show off their Ghanaian side. They, you know, because we know how to code switch, right? You can speak the language fluently and everything. But did you did you ever have to negotiate or sacrifice? One of, one of your identities, you know, in order to be accepted? Um, I would say yes and no. Mm. And I only say yes because I think I did it to myself. Mm. I myself was, was telling myself that, that it wasn't being, it wasn't cool at, you know, at a younger age. Um, and I think a lot of us did. I think a lot of us got in, and no shots to my mans in them. But a lot of us got into when we was younger was saying we was Jamaican. And I just think a lot of Africans Wait, 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 like, what? Hold on, bro. I've never No, no shot to my man. No, no, bro. But you gotta you gotta hold on. I gotta That was definitely like Dead ass. That like, was definitely a thing when I was younger. What? Bare guess. I mean, I just think like society at that time, society accepted Jamaicans a little bit more. Man. Um but like, you know what I'm saying, as far as like what was going on, it was like African was not the cool thing to be. It, it, if you say you was Jamaican, it was just like, oh, they know Bob Marley. You know, bro, I've never and this is a fascinating development for me because I never thought about that. <laughs> like I never thought growing up, I never thought about just saying like, oh, we Jamaican. 
right? I just but, always. But, see, but let, let me also add that this is my experience. This facts, is my facts. Perspective. Yeah, I don't, I don't want anybody to be like, nah, bro, he wrong. No. This it, is what I personally saw and experienced. Absolutely. And unfortunately did. You know what I'm saying? Bro, um, but I also was like 15, 16. So. Ain't no shame in it, bro, because we all had that faith. It was just you were able to finesse. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah. you were able yeah, to finesse, bro. You were able to finesse because that if, if I was, if I was, you know, back then, if I could do that, I probably would have done that. Right. Because I didn't, I didn't even, that's why I'm saying like, this is fascinating because I never even thought about saying that. Like, I was just like, man, we're just going to take this L and just be. And, and you know what's crazy though? This is really what made me do it is I have an uncle. Uh-huh. <laughs> And my uncle is a was a Rasta back then. Oh, we all had at least and one of those. And he used to say he was Jamaican. He never said he was Ghanaian. So that embedded in my mind, like, hey, man, listen, I'm just going to say I'm Jamaican too. Bro. He used to always say he was Kingston because he was a Rasta. And I'm, it, was, it was just wild, man. It's, it's, wild, it's an amazing thing just to look back because I'm just like that that is something that kind of speaks to a deeper level of acceptance of how black immigrants mm-hmm. were accepted and there's this little like hierarchy because back then it sure wasn't it wasn't cool to be African from the you know continental African like if you were Jamaican yeah. that was decent because like you said they associated it with you know Bob Marley and all these other iconic figures um, and yeah. for the culture but man so when did you when did you realize that, man, it's cool to be African now? Because obviously with Yewo Crumb, like, it's a dope, it's a dope streetwear attire that is, I mean, we look at this, the video you put up with the with the whip and everything, like, it's it's super cool, bro. And you even rocking the high life music, like, it's, it's, it's amazingly dope and it's attractive. So, but, but for you, I want to know when you were like, you know what, F it, like, I'm going to rep my set, I'm gonna rep my country, my flags, both my flags, and and I'm it's cool to be African. Like when when did it hit for you? I would say probably like seventeen, eighteen. I mean I I'm thirty one right, right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Seventeen, eighteen. I mean I think it's always been a part of me for sure, but I it became my identity as I got older. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I became more um outspoken about it, like, yo, yeah, I'm Ghanaian. Yeah, my parents are from Ghana. Yeah, I speak tree fluently. Yeah, I like Ben Kuan Okra. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I started embodying it more. People were just like, also just like, were willing to learn. You know what I'm saying? They they became more understanding. Like, wow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, so you African for real? I was like, yeah, bro. But I'm, 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 you know, I was born and raised here. But yes, I am. I am Ghanaian. I'm not African. But um, yeah, so I would say 17, 18, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just went up from there. Um, and I just, you know, just continuously embodied it because I also started working with my cousins who were doing event coordination, uh, Ghana for Entertainment, GFC, yeah, and that yes, that was like yes, cool dedicated enough. to Ghanaian. And it was just like, yo, we doing events. We're doing like some of the biggest parties for Ghanaian yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. Um, and back then they also had a Dinko Association. So it was just like there were a lot more supportive groups for Ghanaians that I was becoming um, interacting with, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Becoming exposed to. So that way I could accept my identity. I could, you know what I'm saying? Learn more about Ghanaians and Ghana and be able to identify as one. Yeah. So. Okay. That's, that's dope. You know, I always talk about how like, do you think the Azonto movement helped? Do I think what helped? I'm sorry. The Azonto movement. Ah, for sure. Yeah. You know, I think everything helps in its own light. You know, everything is a bit and piece of, you know, the addition to where we are today. Yeah, because it was a wave. Even, 
it was a wave, man. Especially around that time, like you said, because you know I'm about we're about the same age. I'm probably like a year older, but it's the um that that around that time when we you know that's college age. Maybe give it like two more years, you know, after. But that when the the Azonto took off, like everybody was looking at Ghana. Everybody was looking at West Africa. Like, what's up? Right? What's going? I on? I think that's when they realized, like, oh damn, Africans can dance. Right. Right. <laughs> They're like, oh, they're African, man. Oh, okay, cool, cool, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Oh, you going off? Damn, bro. Okay, bro. Okay. Because even I would say, like, even in the last couple of years, like, um, there's just one song that just just they overplay on the radio. I'm so sorry. What is it called? You're talking about now? You talking about back then? I'm talking about like maybe like a year ago. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, either or, um, now it's just like, all right, cool. We're, we're lit. But yeah, that's what it was, though. The Zonta movie definitely, like, led the way, and it just continued from there. Yeah, and the reason I'm, I'm putting those parallels together, because, you know, when you even talk about just that idea, going back to what you said as far as, like, that identifying as Jamaican, right, and, and how people were able to say, oh, that's all right, because of Bob Marley, right? And I'm thinking and about Sean it. Paul. And Sean Paul, yes, yes. You can't, you know, give me the light, right? And, and, and temperature. Beanie and Man. That. And Beanie Man, right? Exactly, girl. Yeah, sugar. All, of this, All those vibes they used to play back on the box, man, when we was, when we were shorties. Um, and then even now, right? And then as, as you see the transition in the culture, especially with the music and Afro beats and the Azonto movement, and it was like mm-hmm. people would find it easy to be like, oh, yeah, Ghanaian, like, like the Azonto, y'all Afro beat. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Y'all can dance, right? And, like, and now it becomes one of those things where it's like, okay, y'all cool. We, ex- we, we you know, it's okay now. And, and of course, us as a community, we just took that and we are out. Like we, we just showed, took it to the next level where it's like, this has become, I mean, truth be told, man, it's, it's taken over the, there's, there's not one popular artist that you can name right now that doesn't have some form of Afro B song. And if you know them, tell me <laughs> like, and there's at least no, one. I agree. you know what I mean? There's not one. Everybody has taken that sound and made it something. They, they're collaborating, they're doing something. And it happened like this. Like just boom, and and here we are at the forefront of the cultural change, right? Um, and so then that leads me now as far as we talking music, but now we talking fashion, right? And okay, explain to us what what's, what is what is Chrome? What does it mean? What is the stamp? What inspired you to be able to get into that and, and create that? I should say. Uh, okay, but uh, so Yerwo Chrome, um, and then the tagline quote unquote is everywhere we date it so essentially it identifies with everywhere we date it like from city to city town to town you're going to see a Ghanaian mm. like we're here we've arrived mm. we in this I don't know if I can curse but we you know, in this you know, talk, talk, talk your shit yeah I mean so it's honestly bro yo Chrome is like we in this bitch bro okay. simply, simply put we're here um and that's and that's that, you know what I'm saying? So it will come as definitely like a thing where it's like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like you say that to your homies when you see them mm-hmm. whenever, whenever. Um, I remember my boy was telling me like a couple of weeks ago, his parents came to visit him and his wife and his mom got in the car was like, Yeah, well Krumu, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's a greeting, it's mm-hmm. a statement that's just like, Hey, we're here, we've arrived. Mm-hmm. So Yeah Will Chrome collection, the first one was my fourth shoe design that i've done mm-hmm. i believe yeah my fourth shoe design and at first honestly so let me just start from the beginning start from the beginning the whole collection of yellow chrome in general stemmed from the fact that i was on clubhouse so much last year 
and I was interacting with so many Ghanaians in London, Germany, Netherlands, mm. Canada, U.S., Ghana. And I was a part of this, like, this group on there. Um, I was a member of a group on there called Ghanaian Lounge. Yeah. And Ghanaian Lounge is like a hub for Ghanaians. And yeah. it's like 14,000 members. We're in rooms every day. There's just so many interactions with Ghanaians speaking our language, doing this, doing that, doing that. Um, and I'm like, yo, I just dropped a collection that was universal, more roses. Mm-hmm. Let me do something for Ghanaians. Like, especially with, with, with what's going on, like Ghanaian Lounge and all of that. Yo, mm-hmm. let's, let me do that. And I, the whole goal was to actually like, raffle off some shoes through the through the clubhouse uh group wow um so that's what stemmed everything it was supposed to drop in i believe june of last year mm-hmm. didn't drop until august <laughs> there was a lot of like production errors and things um but dropped in august clubhouse was not what it was at that time but nonetheless the project did really good um it, everything is always shot by jeremy osei Native Shutters. Um, graphic design is always done by Dennis Boating. Like these are the two members of my team. Like everything that I've done as a sneaker capsule collection designer, mm-hmm. that's done. Yeah. It's it's done. They they do and they withhold everything that I do, and it's amazing working with them. Um, so yeah, that's that's what led to that. Was just like, cool. Let me do a collection for Ghanaians, bro. And then I'm. Let me do it again. And then I'm like, hold on. I'm just going to separate the two. Um, so essentially, this next collection that drops in actually three weeks for Ghana Independence okay. um, is the first collection where Yellow Chrome stands on its own. It is Yellow Chrome by itself. Wow. Designed by me. Everything is run through me, creative direction. Everything is me. But it is not Eddie Opong because... Yellow Chrome essentially is a niche brand. Mm. Um, and there are a lot of people that love what I do. They love, like, they follow my work. And they unfortunately feel like, eh, is it just for Ghanaians? But it's not. It's not just for Ghanaians. It is driven by Ghanaian culture, but it's not for Ghanaians. Mm. Oh. Driven by the culture, but for the universe, essentially, mm. for the world. Mm. Um, so everything that is designed under Eddie Opong will be Universal Projects. You know what I'm saying? Stories that have no cage, no steel cage, mm-hmm. no boundaries. Um, everything for Yewa Chrome is Ghanaian culture driven. Mm. Um, you know, I have, I'm, I'm doing some of the craziest things in streetwear um, that that align with Ghanaian culture. You know, mm. things that they can relate to, you know mm. what I'm saying? Um, so they're going to be like, wow, I never thought of that. Yeah. I never thought to do that. I never thought to do that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, um, I hope I answered the question. I'm no, sorry, bro, you, you shared some insight that just that just got my wheels turning because you said something that stood out to me, which is the idea of it being for the people, but it's driven by Ghanaian culture, right? And and I, and I one of the questions that I had asked initially, or I wanted to ask in the beginning was, you know, when you said you had to separate, you know, it to make it stand on its own, I was going to ask, like, have you, you know, just from your experience, even from being a shorty to even, you know, now, like, you know, did you, did you notice the tension or any type of, you know, separation between, you know, African-Americans and, you know, African immigrants, Ghanaian, you know, our people. And, you know, do you feel like your fashion, your label is used as a way to kind of 
connect similar to what you know afro beats has done and everything else do you feel like you're you know your chrome is kind of a way to do that or was it driven by something else i mean honestly god willing mm. that that's to go mm. you know what i mean a lot of the first yellow chrome project did really well and a lot of people lots like african not african you mm. know many races many cultures purchased it rock with it love it um so it, it's for everybody essentially and i mean the 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 division that I'm doing is because I'm doing a lot of other projects mm-hmm. as Eddie Opong mm-hmm. that that are not Ghanaian based. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's not even just like designing. It's like a lot of other things that I'm doing that is just like, hey, we want Eddie Opong. We don't want Yewo Chrome. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just like, it's, it's a business decision that you have to make when you run a business. It's like, I want to brand my name, but I also want to brand the brand that I run. Mm. You know what I mean? And also, I want to be able to lease this brand to be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to work with this Ghanaian creative. Hey, design a collection. Mm-hmm. Hey, this Ghanaian creative, design a collection. So it's spearheaded by me, yes. But I also want to use that brand to bring other people's visions to life. Hmm. So You know what I mean? So yeah, it doesn't always have to be Eddie yeah, you, you're using yourself as a springboard, bro. Like, it sounds like you're using yourself as a springboard to help elevate other people. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. And and uh, and then that leads me then to ask, like, do you, when you, when someone brands their name, right, the way, and, uh, as successfully as you've done, what do you, do you feel any pressure that you have to live up to, any standard that you got to live up to? Because when you put your name out there and you brand it, Right, not, and it's not associated. I mean, associated with so many things, so many other people. Do you feel like there's a standard that you always have to maintain, and does that does that cause you to you know have any pressure that you gotta you know you gotta work through? Or what is that like? I mean, and I and I mean this with complete humility. Say it. Um, I've been branding myself forever, mm. um, much before I be, became Eddie Opong. Essentially, I branded myself as Jaws. When I was, you know what I mean, running yeah. around in the streets of uptown. Yeah. I branded myself as DJ Unknowns, like as a DJ at 16, 17, you know what I mean? And then from there, I became Promo Kid, and I did Promo Kid for years. Mm-hmm. And I did some of the, I did a lot of like loft parties and club events and things of that sort for many, many years. Um, so branding wise, I've always been branding a name. I wasn't branding myself. So at this, this juncture, Oh, and then even after Promo Kid, I branded myself as Copong Speaks for poetry and, and visual narration. So I've always been branding. I've always been working. I've always been, like, establishing myself mm-hmm. in whatever craft that I'm exhibiting at that moment. Um, as Eddie Opong, I'm just myself. I am me. Mm-hmm. Um, my full name is Edward Opong, but I don't like being called Edward. So it's, hey, I'm Eddie Opong. This is what I do. All of these 8,000 things. Um, and and every that it is essentially the umbrella above all of my um, my uh, characteristics, I guess you can say, yeah. um, and talents humbly. So yeah, I, I I'm going to do what I believe in essentially when it comes to creating work, creating projects, mm-hmm. and I can just only hope that it, it goes to where it needs to go. Mm. And if it doesn't, I'm going to learn from that and do better the next time. I love it. I love it. So when's the last time you've been back home, bro? <laughs> the question begins. 
So <laughs> you know, I have to ask it. That's you know, you know. The funny thing is, I've actually never been to Ghana. Before. Wait, what, bro? I'm dead serious. Tell it, are you actually, serious? What? You haven't been? I speak pretty fluently, bro. I, so it's kind of wild. So okay, so so how does it feel? You, I mean, you're in a, this is what makes you. This is why God has blessed me to be able to have such an amazing guest like you because you're speaking to so many facet. You're a fascinating, you know, person because you are an example of people that I talk about when it comes to my work from a research standpoint. Where I I, I dub this term reverse acculturation, right? Um, where you grow up in America, but you are in a fully you're 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 initiated, or I should say, you're you're ingrated into this culture, the Ghanaian culture. For your in your case, you're you've been raised Ghanaian. You've been encapsulated with all this, you know, with the, with this enclave of all these Ghanaians everywhere, aunties, uncles, this community, Ghana follow, like all these things that everything is Ghana, right? You speak tree, you speak, you know. I'm sure you understand broken English, like you get all that oh, stuff, yeah. right? And it's like, but you've never been back, right? But you know. You feel everything about you speaks to you knowing that country very well, except for the fact that you haven't your foot hasn't touched that land, right? And so therefore, like you've had to acculturate to a land you've never been. It's reverse because everything else around you is American. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but you're but you're because of your upbringing, you've had to reverse that acculturation process to a country that you have no familiarity with, with as far as physical contact. But everything else, you've been indoctrinated into it. Because you speak it, you, you know, you eat the food, you know, you, I mean, everything else, no one would be able to tell unless you just confessed it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that's, that's banana. So how does it, how does it typically go when you interact with someone who thinks that you've been there and they're like, are you like, nah, bro, I've been, I've been chilling uptown. <laughs> like, I mean, so, so it's, it's always interesting one, cause I'll tell them. They won't believe me because right. when I'm speaking the language, they'll be like, nah, you lying. I'm like, yo, literally, I've never been. Like, man, call that. Mm. You know what I mean? Which essentially means that I've never been. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, what, I mean, what can you say? You know, they, they can they can think I'm lying for the first few minutes and then really realize, like, wow, you've never been. It's like, yeah, I haven't. You know, I, I am planning to go. Um, this approaching December, I do want to um, do something very very dope for Yellow Chrome yeah. in Ghana. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like kinda like a pop up experience or something of the sort. Um the you know, the the wheels are turning as far as creatively how to how to exhibit it in a way where it's being done but not being done at the same time. Because mm. um, anybody can go do a pop up, come back. But it's just it's about the experience um that I want to give. Um so I'm working on that now. And I'm also working on a online portal through the new website that we're dropping mm-hmm. um, to be able to purchase in Ghana. Because um, that's the thing I'm facing now, too, is that everybody's just in my DMs like, hey, so where in Ghana are you located? And I'm just like, uh, U.S. based? <laughs> you can order it, international shipping, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when I just indicate how embedded in the culture i am is just like wow you've never been that's beautiful that you are so Ghanaian. yeah it really is man i i'm very impressed because you've you've identified so many ways in which you can be in the culture and embedded and immersed in it and not even go because you just talked about 
you know, clubhouse, right. And, and being part of Ghana lounge. And that's, that's a huge, when you're able to build a, a huge social networking community just on clubhouse, I mean, sometimes it feels like you're back there and by the t- I'm pretty sure. And I hope you like hit me up and tell me by the time you go to Ghana, you're probably going to be like, ain't nothing really di- like the communication the interaction is not going to be anything, anything of a huge, you know, culture shock for you. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not there's no way it can be the only thing that might happen is you're gonna be like yo you know i'm here like you know you're a crumb like <laughs> you're gonna be like literally <laughs> literally you feel me right like exactly that's it you feel me so it's like that's the only thing so it's so it's so amazing to be able to hear that but like when what so when it comes down to your you know, to your mind when when, you, when you're working through and, and and figuring out your your creative designs and if it's not Ghana because you haven't been per se, what how do you what's your inspiration? Like how do you go about getting inspired for the different designs and, and different um you know for your different collections and, and, and your art and your poetry? Like what inspires your, your art as a creative? So this is a very cliche thing, but everything, mm-hmm. honestly. So I'll I'll break down the collections that I've designed. Um first collection was Zebra Spitz Orange Soda, which is exemplified the fact that a zebra gets its strength. It, it's, a zebra stripes indicates its strength. Mm. So I'm indicating my strength through the zebra stripes. And I'm spilling orange soda in celebration of the things that I've overcome. Mm. Because I don't drink alcohol. Mm. So zebra spins orange soda, celebrating my strengths. The second collection was Blue Skies, mm. manifesting positivity against anxiety and depression, which is something that we knowingly and unknowingly talk about and experience in many communities, but also the black community. And I experienced anxiety when COVID began. So I believe that, and I, I, I agree that what you wear impact on the way you feel and your outlook on life. Mm. So that therefore I was giving them blue skies on their feet and in the sky. Mm. Um, third collection was more roses. Give it to them while you can. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody deserves the roses now before That's, it's too late. Yeah. Um, and then yellow chrome, yellow chrome. So I would say everything inspires me, but the caption or the tagline that I use for what I do is telling stories through capsule collections. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is a story. There's, there are, I don't even know how many stories in this world, but there are trillion, billion, whatever, whatever stories in this world and I'm literally just trying to tell stories through all of my collections Mm. um I have a lot of more stories to tell um and it's about telling stories that everybody can essentially relate to and feel connected to Mm. because yes it's about merchandise it's about capsule collections but it's about somebody looking at the way that that dropped and the way whatever how it dropped and etc and looking at like wow I understand where he's coming from Mm. and they can you know it sits with them. So what's your, what's the work that you're most proud of? The work that I'm most proud of? So far. Um, I would say my first project. Mm. Honestly. Um, because the first project is, it's based off me being a dialysis patient. Right? So, mm. I was born with kidney disease. I had a transplant when I was nine. Mm. Um, the transplant lasted 13 years. Unfortunately, it failed February 13th, 2013, when I was 22, I'm 31. So next month marks being on dialysis, waiting on a kidney transplant for nine years, right? 
At the time of the release, I think it was like seven and a half years or something like that. But I was telling my story of my 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 health journey story through that collection, mm. um, through those shoes, through the strength that I have, which is my stripes, and et cetera, et cetera. So that's probably the most proud I'm like the most proud of because I was able to be like, hey world, some know, some don't know, but I'm a I'm a Kenya warrior. And this is my story, but this is not my story. Like, like just like some sad post on Instagram. Right. This is project, and I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I want you to be inspired by me. Mm. Like, this is to motivate you. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at what I'm doing and how much I'm achieving. And though I have to go to dialysis three times a week for four hours every session, and I'll be in and out the hospital or whatever the case may be. I'm still out here busting my ass mm. and I'm still out here achieving the goals and endeavors that I put in my mind that I want to see exhibited. Mm. So it was just like, Hey, be inspired, be motivated. We all got the same amount of hours. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And even when I'm like down and out and tired, I'm still going to get up and make my dreams come true. So that, I think that's the project that was just like, all right, you know what I mean? Cause it, it takes a lot, man. Yeah. It takes a lot to, to tell to like tell your health story and to tell the world. Yeah. And the, and like to a platform of people that don't know you. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like first thing people are gonna do is feel sorry. Yeah. And then they're gonna be like, Yo, wow, bro, this is amazing. So yeah, man, that that's it. <laughs> nah, bro, that's inspiring, like you said. And and, and um and I think the way the way we should take it is is the way you kind of described it, which is we should be driven, right? Because you you it, it kind of reminds you we can't take any of this shit for granted. Um, we do what we do to make sure that we live the life we need to live and live our dreams and make it happen, right? But it's not gonna be given to us, right? We gotta go, we gotta go actually hustle and go get it and make it happen, and that's what you're doing, um, and not only just doing it, but you're doing it at a very supreme level, um, which again, Humble. you know, Humble. I. I can't, <laughs> I mean, fee bro, I wish you, I mean, if we were doing this on Zoom, bro, you, you, I don't think you'd be able, you'd see how I'm beaming, bro. I'm beaming, like, just smiling ear to ear, just hearing you um, love, speak, because, you know, like love, I said, it's, 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 you've come a long way, my boy, and, um, and I'm, and I'm so proud, but, but I want to just say, like, and I want to, and I, we're towards the end, but I want to just take a moment to ask you, like, so what's next? Like, what do you, what do you see is next? What do you want? Because, I mean, you just talked about where you came from. But where are you headed? And what do you, you know, what do you want your legacy to be when it's all said and done? Man, honestly, I, I want the legacy to be that I created timeless art. Mm. That anything that I've done in any capacity, may it be poetry, may it be a voiceover, may it be a capsule collection, may it be sneakers, may it be a writing on the wall, may it be a quote, may it be the way that I dress. I want it to be timeless. So that when we're all gone in a thousand years, it's going. It, it can be remembered. Like, wow, did this just drop yesterday? Like, mm. you know what I mean? Or like, if we were ever to go back in time to the 1700s, it'd be like, oh wow, this is really cool. This is awesome. I I just want to continuously create timeless art that has no time frame. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it just it's forever ever cherished. Um, and where am I going from here? Wherever they allow me. <laughs> nah, um, but <laughs> everywhere, man. <laughs> I'm going everywhere, bro. Like, 
and that not even just with yeah with chrome but like with me with my art with my mind with my thought process like i'm just going everywhere i i truthfully believe that i was put on this earth to spread love mm. and i just want to do that as much as i can before my time comes and whatever capacity that that is i just want to do that to the best of my ability on my good days and my bad days yeah. i just really want to spread love um and spread it through all my my capabilities that was given from god you know what i mean yeah. so yeah um but in more more specifically we yeah with chrome we're going everywhere like literally it will chrome everywhere we date it facts that's that's heavy man and i know that should be the place where I should end it, but I just can't because I gotta, I gotta, I gotta just ask when you talk about, you know, the idea of being here to spread love, man. I, it just makes me think, like, what do you think in your in your mind would be a good way to continue to, um, to spread love and and bridge what I think is a gap that exists in in a, in a black community between, you know, our our immigrant African families and and our American African American brothers and sisters. You know what do you, what do you think would be be the key you know as, outside of just spreading love? I mean, it goes back to the genesis of it all. We're all humans, you know. Like before anything, we are living, breathing humans. Um, we're not all going to think the same. We're not all going to embody the same ideologies, philosophies, none of that. Um, I think we all we all in in that in that um, division. I guess you can say. We both come from different cultures, but it's about understanding that the cultures align in many ways. Mm-hmm. They, they align in many ways. Um, and one thing that I always say is that we must love each other because it is individuals like Booker T. Washington, W.E. Du Bois, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense. They were the black individuals that fought for our color of skin to be accepted in America. Mm-hmm. With that being said, like, Africans got to understand, like, yo, we are accepted here because what they did, racism is not like, hey, give me a second. Let me see. What is your last name? Oh, wait, can I hear you speak to hear your accent? Like, that's not what it is. Mm-mm. It's based off the color of our skin. And we have these amazing men that did so much for the black culture, but for the black skin at the same time. So it's just about like, yo, listen, they helped. Everybody is helped in a, in in a, in a different light. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So everybody got to really understand like, yo, we, we need each other. So we couldn't have gotten this far without each other. You know what I mean? That division just go back to like cultural, man. It's cultural. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, it's all cultural segregation essentially, but it's just like once you under once you grow and understand to respect a person's ideology and philosophy, you don't have to agree with it, but you must respect it. Yes. Yes. Life is grand on that. Yes, it's grand on that, bro. Straight up. This was dope. And I just wanna take a moment again to thank you, man, brother Eddie Oprong, um, you know, joining us to talk and, and, and share some insight and share his story and and we continue to look forward to hearing more stories and seeing more of your storytelling be expressed in so many different forms of art, man. And uh, I just want to say personally, I'm proud of you, man, um, just to be able to see everything that you're doing. And I wish you nothing but the best, nothing but love, um, nothing but success. 
and, and growth and impact, man. I, I hope that all your dreams come true, bro. Um, that everything that you make happen because when your dream comes true, we all gonna feel the benefits of it. And so I'm here to support you in whatever way that I can, bro. I wanna just say that on the air, tell that to you personally. I know it's been a while since we talked and everything, but I'm glad that you were able to jump on. Just know that I'm here, whatever you need. Um, we're here to be able to try to make that happen. Um, and again, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for you. Hey, man, it's, it's nothing but the utmost love, humility, and appreciation, bro. Absolutely. Love. Now tell everybody where they can find you at, um, where they can get your, you know, get the get the gear and get just follow you and, and your work. Um, you know, let them know what's up. Yeah, I bet. So Eddie O'Punk. So I think Instagram. Instagram is Eddie underscore O P P O N G. Eddie with I E. Um, website is pretty straightforward. It is Eddie with I E O'Pong O P P O N G dot com. And yeah, that's that's that. Um, I'm literally everywhere. Honestly, if you Google, <laughs> if you Google my name. A whole bunch of stuff will come up, and you'll be able to find me somewhere somehow. So. There you go, man. This is a this is a one of a kind individual, you know. Uh, so uh, again, I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be able to to have him on the show, and I hope that you all enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. But brother, thank you so much, man, for taking the time, man. I wish you nothing but the best, and I hope that we can have you on again. And I hope that whenever I hit the city in Chicago, man, I hope that we can be able to, you know, to link up. Yes, please, please, bro. Let let me know. It it, it, it goes without being said. Yeah. Okay, man. yeah, man. Yo, hey, much love to you, bro. All right, man. Be good, bro. All right, man. You too. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of My Black is Transnational. I'd like to give a special thanks to Mr. Eddie Opon for taking the time to join me and talk about his story. If you like what you heard, please feel free to subscribe and download the podcast. Don't hesitate to rate it five stars and leave a review. Also, if you want to know more about My Black is Transnational, you can definitely check out our website at www.blacktransnational.com, which is a one-stop shop for all you need to know about this podcast. Again, we'd like to thank you for your attention. We hope that you join me for the next episode. Until then, my name is Dr. Kalei Bay Lambert. My Black is Transnational, and I hope by the end of this, Rose B2. Peace.